0: Hello and welcome to Solely Soul. Uh, it's been a while. It's been like four months since we last uploaded an episode. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like this past summer, like the Korean entertainment scene has been pretty like bland. Not much has been happening. It seems like, or at least it just wasn't really enough for me to make like an episode out of anything. But we finally decided to make our official comeback. <laughs> um, and so yeah, so today's episode. It's going to be broken down into like three segments or sections, basically. First, we'll talk about two different comebacks that came out this week. Then we'll jump into Cube Entertainment and all the drama happening there right now with our groups. Um, And then finally, we'll make our debut talking about K-dramas. We'll be talking about the K-drama, Nevertheless. So, yeah, I don't want to make this intro super long. So let's just jump right into the real episode. Okay, so up first, um, this past week, the other day, Red Velvet, they finally made like their full group comeback after months or I really like two years basically, I think, have already gone by since their last comeback. Or not two years, like a year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half pretty much. So obviously, as you know, Red Velvet's last um OT five or full member comeback was in December twenty nineteen with Psycho. But as everybody knows um remember wendy you know it was an incident at was it sbs or JTBC? i don't know I, I don't even remember which which network but whatever network um it was one of the korean k-pop year-end um show concert things and she had gotten injured because one of the staffers of the show had moved the staircase away. that was supposed to have been, like, at a certain point of the stage. And she had fallen, like, six feet from, like, the uh, upper part on the stage or whatever. And so, from since then, she had been um, absent from group act- activities because she was, like, literally hospitalized for, like, the first couple weeks or so. Or months, actually. I think she was in the hospital for a couple months. Not really sure. I don't remember. But anyway, people had – we all have been, like, anticipating – this Red Velvet comeback of five members because we kind of were robbed of it during the Psycho era where we got like one performance with all of them. And then after that, obviously there really were no more performances of Psycho pretty much because it was the end of the year anyway. And since then Red Velvet really hadn't been on many shows to be honest without her or anything. And so meanwhile, in between that for the past year, we have seen um, all of these souls and units coming out of Red Velvet. We had obviously last summer, we had uh, Irene and Suzy with Monster and with the little EP with like four or five songs on it. Then we had, um, well, actually, no, after that, it really was nothing else. Then this past May, we had Joy come out with her album, but it wasn't really her album. It was just kind of like a remake album, but I mean it was her album, but it was just a bunch of remakes of like classic or old Korean songs. And then we still have not had Yuri put out anything yet, but... I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know some people on Twitter always discuss the fact that there's some like members of groups that maybe don't really want to put out solo stuff, or at least in like a promoted format or whatever. Because I think Yeri has put out some songs, but weren't were they for like OSTs? I'm not even sure actually. But I know she writes and stuff. But just because she does that, that doesn't mean she basically wants to release something like to be promoted. Because I feel like it's probably more pressure if you have to release something where to be like promote it and market it versus just releasing stuff because you want to release it for like fun so i don't know so maybe i don't know if we're gonna get anything from her like officially really <laughs> but i know she was just in that k drama i mean or web drama with the guy from pentagon what's his name hong suk from pentagon so i guess that's considered her like solo activity right now than acting because i think this year this was like her second or third like acting thing so i guess maybe that's like her path to do acting as a solo Act. so anyways yeah jumping now into um redville with ot5 comeback or full group comeback um they put out the album queendom um yeah so this like i said this was their first release as a group since 20 december 2019 <laughs> like I, that's a long time but revel loves we made it um and so yeah queendom is it's a solid mini album like it's good because like I feel like there were some mixed reviews where they're well it's not I feel like these aren't even Red Velvet Loves these are people that are like anti or whatever that criticizing it and stuff but it's actually really solid I feel like um Red Velvet really never misses because there are some groups that that, like will have one good album then the next one's like what is this but Red Velvet is one of those groups that continuously puts out albums that are good the title tracks are pretty much all good and then but their b-sides are just always like flawless like i feel like they're one group that just has like continuously good b-sides as far as title tracks (laughs) their title tracks actually are all really good in my book the only one that i would just put at the lower end would be power up it's not that i hate it but it feels like against their whole discography power up kind of just messes up like their flow But other than that, I feel like they're just a group that just has flawless, like, songs all the time. They don't miss a note, basically. But what I like about the title track, Queendom, is that I I love that because with Psycho and then now with Queendom, it feels like they've found this, like, new direction. Because I feel like before they were doing all these, like, experimental, quirky songs. And, like, I didn't see anything wrong with it. Some people did, but (laughs) I didn't see anything wrong with it. But they were kind of going for this, like, experimental route with a lot of their songs that were taking risks and whatnot, or if their songs were, like, growers, essentially. But I feel like with Psycho, Psycho was just, like, automatically just, like, a good song, like, on the first listen. And so is Queendom, too. So I'm kind of excited for this, like, new path that it's, like, they're going on, where I feel like maybe they're finally trying to, like, prove themselves and just release, like, quote-unquote normal songs i guess rather than these like risky songs or experimental songs that some people might like and some people might not like so i like this new direction and i think i don't i don't really keep up with album sales because i don't really think it even matters or puts a value on the artistry really but i think people were saying that isn't this like some of their highest sales i think for this album right now i believe on twitter i don't know you could fact check me or whatever (laughs) um but yeah um but I think as far as that i think that's pretty much all i have to say about red velvet's comeback um i'm waiting for i think yeah tomorrow's thursday so i i i guess are they going on m countdown because i know sm artists now have been appearing on M countdown so i'm assuming they'll be on there for their comeback stage so i'm looking excited I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking excited i'm looking forward to their comeback stages for M countdown music bank or wherever they end up going because i know sm artists have the tendency to promote for like what, like, one week or something, and then they're, like, done. <laughs> so so I'm just going to enjoy whatever stages they give us. Um, but, yeah, I feel like that concludes my Red Velvet opinion. Okay. So moving on. Um, segueing into the next comeback that I want to discuss from this week. TXT, Tomorrow by Together. So their comeback wasn't, like, I guess, really a comeback comeback. It was more of just, like, a repackage. But I think, I guess they're going to promote on music shows i mean why wouldn't they so i guess they will be on probably in countdown tomorrow but txt so i feel like they kind of found their path or image because i'll be honest when they debuted people you have to be real people were excited for them just because they were coming from the same company as bts like i feel like there was nothing else about them that (laughs) that people really were into because to me they just looked like any other boy group debuting like it was nothing extraordinary about them like I mean you can cancel me or whatever but if you're if you want to be honest like that's the truth it was nothing special about them when they debuted but um crown basically and stuff crown was not my taste it still isn't really my taste I mean the song is catchy but it's just not like my type of song that I would pick up and like say oh play this song or whatever you know what i mean like it's not like a song that i would sit there and replay because i want to if it was in a playlist or something i would listen to it but it's not like a song that i'm going to go out my way to say i want to hear crown you know <laughs> but so when they first debuted yeah i wasn't too crazy about that direction they were hitting when they first came out because i saw nothing special about it but their b-sides on that album like such as blue orange aid cat and dog those like caught my attention <laughs> um then their follow-up comeback was wasn't it Runaway? I believe I'm just I'm saying this off the top of my head. I actually can't remember, but I think I have that right. Runaway, and that's when we start first start to hear this kind of rock vibe in their music. I'm trying to be careful using that word because I know because I'm super into rock and like punk stuff myself, so you can't fully classify a lot of these songs as like full-on rock or punk but i'm just gonna use the word like rock elements kind of because <laughs> i know on twitter there are some people that are jumping and considering the, their new songs and whatnot like full-on punk songs and all that and they're not literally <laughs> but i'm trying to be careful the way i'm wording that but yeah these, these this new direction because when they when they had the song runaway come out um that was like the start of this era of them having these like rock elements such as like these distorted guitars or whatever electric guitars in their music. Um what was the follow-up? So we had Runaway, then we had wasn't it Can't You See Me? Um wait yeah Runaway, Can't You See Me? Then what's the song Magic or whatever it's called? No, not Magic. <laughs> um but I'm trying to think, but yeah runaways when we start to see this like edgy era from them kind of and like their lyrics and all we're starting to get more like mature or meaningful and then now coming up currently to well actually no before before we get to um zero equals x whatever it's called love song <laughs> or i know i love you whatever it's called um they had released what was the song before that i can't even think of the name Ah, uh, what was the album? The album was called Dream Chapter Magic. Am I? Is that the right name? I don't even know. But I, I'm really like losing it right now where I can't even think of the name of the song. But you know what I'm talking about—that retro-ish type of song they tried to do. Because to me, this is just my personal opinion, but it felt like Big Hit made that decision to have them put out that style song because that was the same time, kind of when BTS was still riding off of the whole dynamite vibe, and then even when GFRIEND, GFRIEND I know was not managed by Big Hit, but I feel like Hype, as a whole at that time was trying to have all their groups do this like retro thing because BTS saw so much success with Dynamite. So it just, because then that's when GFRIEND came out with MAGO, which is a bop <laughs> and GFRIEND was done wrong, but it just seemed like HYBE, I don't even think it was called HYBE at that point. <laughs> But anyways, they were trying to go for this vibe of having all the groups under them like go for these retro songs. I mean, even for Crying Out Loud, um, you had Seventeen with Home Run, which t- it wasn't retro, but the overall theming was like this Gatsby classic type of stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what, what my point is, what I'm trying to connect. But I don't know. I feel like they were just trying to repli- replicate BTS's like success by thinking, oh, so now our thing should be retro Let's have all our groups put out these retro songs but anyway, going, going back to my point, I'm sorry, I, like, (laughs) went way off topic there, but back to my point, so TXT, Tomorrow By Together, um, yeah, so their songs, I love this direction, they're going, that's my point, basically, um, but yeah, love song, I loved the, um, I know I love you, and I, this new song of Loser Lover, or Lover Equals Loser, whatever it's called, um, i'm into it but i know there were some people again stay on twitter it was like divided opinions some people were cool some people were like what is this (laughs) um the one complaint that i do have about this song is that i found it a little unnecessary for the use of the f word because i mean i understand txt they're not like little boys i mean they're not like like that young but it just feels like considering that their audience is not probably targeted at like older people it's more so target in this mid-range of like teens maybe to 20 teen end of the teen years to 20 year olds i know people in that age group cuss i mean i personally don't but it just felt like because i know people say that on V Live and all they'd be like saying like swear words and whatnot but in their song it felt really out of place like because like when i listened to it and i saw the radio screen i was like um like i was just shocked <laughs> But because I mean, no, because I know K-pop as a whole is not, I guess they don't have a rule against like cussing, but it's just that K-pop, that's one of the things that I've kind of got so used to that K-pop songs are like clean and don't have no bad words or whatever. So I was just kind of taken away when I heard the F word in there and they used it like two times. I mean, one time it was in Korean and the other time it was literally in English, but it felt unnecessary. Like, I don't feel like it did anything for the song. Like, to me, it just felt like they were just trying to force the edginess to the song. So... I don't know it's like beyond me but it just felt unnecessary because it's unnecessary because it's literally just in the music video and on the streaming sites they didn't even have like the guts to upload the version with the F word on like the streaming platforms they can't perform it on Korean broadcasts obviously with with that word um, it's not gonna work on American TV either if they do promo here it's not gonna you can't say the F word <laughs> um, the only place I guess they probably do would be at their own concert but you get what I'm saying. I really just don't see what the point was to put the word because they, we can't even use it. Like it's literally just in the music video. So then beyond that, we'll probably never even hear the original version unless they like perform it on VLive or something. <laughs> so I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Um, another point about TXT, also about their music and the style they're going into. I'm not trying to like throw shade. You can cancel me if you want to, <laughs> but why is it that it feels like txt is putting out these type of songs that bts should be putting out because i feel like bts we gotta be honest they kind of downgraded their sound and lyricism for america it feels like because the songs they put out i'll give them a pass with butter because i love butter but for dynamite and permission to dance i feel like txt could have like mastered those songs like they would have. It would. I, I maybe I would like the songs probably if if TXT would have done <laughs> done those songs and plus even just lyric wise they just feel like cute songs that would have worked for a group that is as young as TXT. Whereas BTS they're much more older and mature so it just seems weird for them to be doing these like childlike songs. Well, not childlike, but the lyrics are just like pathetic kind of for a group of people of that age to be singing. So that's why I'm saying TXT I think would have sounded better doing Permission to Dance and Dynamite even butter too but like i said i can kind of give them a pass with butter butter's cute basically or whatever like but the other two songs can go um but yeah okay so i I think i need to like (laughs) i need to move on from that topic because if i keep going on i'm gonna get canceled (laughs) um so let, let me get to the next topic then okay so the next like topic that i want to jump into is cube entertainment what has been happening at cube entertainment this past week literally because on friday (laughs) um during the second episode of girls planet 999 which is a mnet show um that just premiered um two weeks ago basically it's a show where they like they had like 999 girls audition from china japan korea and their goal was to create like this nine-member girl group, and Mnet strongly like promote this show. I, I, they didn't really strongly promote it as being not as not being produced. but I know fans kind of took it that way that that's what their image or message was to try to make it where this show this show is like they went out their way to make sure that you do not think the show has anything to do with the Produce franchise after all the voting stuff that went on with that show and having members in the groups that shouldn't have been in it and whatnot. But when I watched the first episode of this show, it still felt like produce. And I didn't even really watch any of the produce shows, like, seriously. Like, I just watched highlights and clips. But no matter what, when I watched this show, it still just felt like produce to me. <laughs> I mean, even they just added another nine on the end of it on top of that, basically. So it's just kind of cringy. <laughs> um but it's it's pretty much the same, like, concept that those shows had, except for here. Their goal is that they're called Planet. It's called Planet 999 because they have girls from China, Japan, and Korea. And they're all, like, coming together. And their goal is to put three Korean members, three Japanese members, and three Chinese members into this one group and whatnot. And, like, that's that's pretty much the whole idea of the show. <laughs> but I, I didn't even mean to really talk. I didn't really even want to talk about this show, honestly, because I'm just, like, done with the show. <laughs> the show just felt like a joke. Uh, because on that first episode i didn't even finish episode one i i finished half of it i think i have like 20 minutes left on it but i didn't even finish it because the people on there cannot sing i mean some people are saying that's from the editing of the microphones but i'm i'm almost not even buying that like they were trash (laughs) it was bad so like i really could not even get myself to finish this show because it was just the it was bad (laughs) But, I mean, the only thing that was keeping me in and I might go back just because of Sun, Me and Tiffany Young. I don't know. I have to see. Because <laughs> I still would have to catch up with episode two and now this week, episode three already. So I, I got to see if I feel like it. So I don't know. But back to Cube. So they have, um, CLC is one of their groups in their company, or was. <laughs> um, so Eugen is on this show, Girls Planet 999. And on episode two, which aired last Friday, she, when her, Turn came up to participate. She pretty much in her interview had like said that CLC was like told to leave. I think what she had said, I didn't really watch the clip, but I think she had said that they were told to leave or that they were done or that they don't have anything for them to do, so just like go away, (laughs) which is messed up. Um, but yeah, and then so what ended up happening, like Stan Twitter, like obviously went into flames over this because Cube. In the slightest i mean we kind of all could have guessed that i guess that clc was having problems because since helicopter nothing has gone right for them it seems like where um elki had left and went back to china because she had put out that statement and all saying that cube really wasn't even paying her properly because of her being a foreigner and all this stuff and since that it was like we never we had never heard anything else happening with clc um And then plus, I think this past week on top of that Sorn, she had deleted like her YouTube videos or at least privated them. So it was just like a lot of those suspicious things that have been going on the past couple months with CLC. But Cube never directly spoke on any of these like actions or anything. But so Eugene she goes on there and like says that the group is probably done pretty much. And Cube, I don't know, did they put out a statement? I don't even know if they put out a statement to like confirm or deny her statement. But it basically was kind of like shady on their part to let her go on TV and like announce that rather than them putting out a statement at least ahead of time or at least immediately after. So I don't know, but I, I feel bad for h- hardcore CLC fans because that's like some way to lose your group. that, And especially a group that didn't have to really go down that way because Cube just simply didn't promote them in the right way or even try to give them proper comebacks consistently. Because I'm sure in the K-pop world, I'm sure there's just constantly songs. Like even if the members don't write them themselves, like I'm sure you can just pop up. There's probably some hub or something where you could just like buy a song. Like so, I feel like that's not even an excuse or anything. But I don't know, Cube. They're just like trash at managing their groups and whatever. And so now the second thing that happened with Cube this week, um, G Idol. Now, no, G IDLE did not break up, but. I don't know I can't help but think in the future <laughs> that might be their future because so as you all know like back towards the beginning of this year I think was that like March or April obviously the big bullying incident thing that happened that swept across like the whole K entertainment industry because it wasn't just K-pop like even actors and actresses were even being called out for like bullying allegations some were true some weren't so g was one of the groups that happened to be affected by this um member Sujin yeah Sujin Um And I believe she had put out, like, a statement when this first had come out about her bullying. She had said, oh, if it's proven to be correct or true or something, then I'll leave the group. Which actually, to me, doesn't make sense as for why she would say that statement. Because if you were to bully yourself, you should either know, yes, I bullied somebody or no, I didn't. Like, you know, I mean, it's not really something I feel like that can or can't be proven. Like, it's either you state, yes, I bullied people, or no, I didn't bully nobody, like, you know what I mean, like, so I don't really see why she put out that statement initially, anyway, so anyway, she had been absent from doing anything with Jigato for the past, like, four or five months since that news had come out, because a lot of other idols that were involved in Same mess too kind of got, I guess, cleared, or people just forgot about it, and they just came back to their groups, like, nothing happened, <laughs> but in her case, she was one of the ones that it was still being, like, worked on and investigated. But like I said, I think it's because from day one, I think she kind of obviously knew, oh yes, I did something probably. Cause like I feel like like I said, again, that's a situation where it's not like a guessing game. Like either you know, yes, I bullied people or no I didn't. So anyways, she was gone all these months because of that. And they were like investigating and whatnot. And then the other day, um this week Monday it was I think a Tuesday, they came out and said she gone. Um that she but then it's kind of confusing, again, because I think people are believing that Cube forced her out, essentially. Um, not too sure, really, but I think that's what people basically are believing, that she was forced out, and they're saying that, oh, she should be reinstated. But Cube, with this one, Cube was fast to put out a statement that basically that g Idol will continue as five members. I don't see that working. And considering that I'm someone that had followed g from their debut till currently i always felt like odd about this group i love their music and whatnot but i always felt weird about them it's not the members it's more so just because cube the way i feel like it's the way they promoted this group from day one i feel like they never promoted g idol as g idol it it always did feel like soyeon and the others or soyeon and friends because soyeon obviously was known because she was on on Rapstar, rap and she kind of did have like a little solo career a little bit um, before Jigato became a thing, so some people probably were familiar with her before all that. And um, then I feel like like branching off of Su-Yu, and then it started to be um, Yuki, Yuki, Yuki. I'm never sure how you pronounce her name. I don't want to butcher it, but Yuki. I know then she started to get more popularity, being from China, China and stuff. And she was going back and forth, being on China's Running Man with Lucas from Wavy NCT. And then you have Minnie, who also now started jumping into, like, acting. And I feel like she just has gotten more known. So I feel like, for me, g I always saw just those three anyway. I feel like the other members, the other three, were always kind of, like, forgotten. I mean, and you see, like, like I said, I was not, like, a hardcore g Idol stan. But, but um, I, even had tr- I even still have trouble memorizing the rest of their names. Because I feel like, like I said, it seems like cube had this goal of Soyon, um soyeon mini and yuki being like the stars or whatever because i feel like they're the ones that are sent on shows more and do more variety stuff and do more work than the others now i don't know if it's that the others don't want to do this type of stuff or if that's cube or if that's a personal choice but the thing is that jayda is still kind of they're not really new anymore i guess but the thing is that when they first came out 2018 they came out i believe, Cube did not really promote them as a group and get you to know them as a group like they should have. Because like a year later, wasn't it? That was when um, Soyeon was put on that song. I'm not talking about the KDA, because that had didn't, wasn't Mion, on the song with her. But I'm talking about, um, it was a League of Legends song that she had done with Becky G, Kiki Palmer and all of them. And they had sent her to Paris or whatever to perform it. Because that, but anyway, that, that's something like that. That's what I'm trying to talk about. The examples like of stuff like that, where they were branching off these members already to do solo stuff when people still were not really a hundred percent familiar with the name G and you have members already jumping out doing these solo things. Yes. I understand you take opportunities, but the thing is that I feel like you should in the early years of a group that is not known, you shouldn't be taking those opportunities unless it will include all the members. If they're saying, Oh, we want just this member. Then I feel like you should be rejecting it essentially. And I mean, that's just one example. I mean, there's other examples I can give too, but um, that's where I feel like Cube went wrong with g is that they they rushed too soon into promoting members individually. And then this is where we're at currently. I mean, you know, Soyeon just put out that solo of Beam Beam. um, And I understand, yeah like she does all the producing and whatnot and stuff so i feel like maybe they're seeing her as more of a lucrative thing than the rest of them i know yuki i think produces too now and and had she had those songs out bonnie and clyde and giant and all that um but actually yuki can really sing because i if g idol split up i really wouldn't be pissed off because yuki with her solo stuff has shown that she could i feel like in g idol they kind of were just like using her for like her deep voice because that's what caught my attention with la tata and i feel like since then they weren't using her her full potential like full potential they would just have her do these like lines with her deep voice and that would like be like the, <laughs> the like catchiness or whatever so i feel like they weren't using her whole potential potential as well as soyeon too because i feel like soyeon some people paint her as this like bad person or whatever but I saw her on um, Sketchbook a couple weeks ago and she had performed Lion, which is obviously a G-A-D-L song. She performed it by herself and I feel like she like killed it considering that's a song meant for six people. I mean, Yuki did her own version of it too on a Chinese show. So I feel like what I'm seeing so far, these members are probably are more than capable of honestly just killing it without the group. Because If anything, I almost feel like the group is watering down or lessening some of their potential. So I don't know, Gidle. I'm trying to be hopeful, but if they decide to just like go separate ways, I I'm being honest. I think it would almost be better for them at this point because I feel like it's just not. They just haven't done anything really as a group. That's because have have they really? I don't even think they've even had any hits to be honest. Like, are they really that popular domestically? Like, I don't know. I gotta look that one up. Of like, what is their popularity ranking within like Korea? Because I mean, they've had all these songs, La ta. they've had like, like, Senorita, Han, um, Lion, and this last song of Hua. And then they've had, they were on Queendom, because I, I don't even know if Queendom helped them or not, because it seems like every group that was on Queendom is like cursed, where it's like stuff going wrong with every group that was on Queendom. So that's why I'm saying, I don't know, Drigado, I don't know, a year from now, don't know if they'll still be like a group. <laughs> but yeah, okay. That segment was really long. <laughs> and that was just me rambling. Um but yeah, okay. So next we're gonna finally, finally, for the last segment, we're gonna jump into K dramas. Okay, now moving on to the final subject of this episode. We're gonna talk about the K drama. Nevertheless, this will be our first time discussing K dramas on our show. And actually, that's what's funny. That was one of my original like things that i wanted to discuss on here because i do keep up with quite a few k dramas occasionally um but i feel like when when i started this podcast i was kind of in the middle of a couple and then since then i hadn't really started any freshly so nevertheless what's funny though nevertheless i it's not because i feel like a lot of other k dramas that i've watched i picked up on them just because like i go on Vicky or whatever and netflix would see what a new release was and i would just jump into it but with nevertheless, um, I actually had I didn't hear nothing about this drama whatsoever. Like, I feel like it wasn't even pr- promoted like good or anything, like how other K dramas sometimes are. The reason I found this K drama was obviously because of Stay on Twitter, because of Soljiwan, which happens to be the um LGBTQ couple on the show. Because I know my timeline, people were just like constantly tweeting out every week, it was like Soljiwan, Soljiwan, and I was like, um. What show is this from? So I remember I had clicked on someone's post and I remember someone had tagged me and said it's this show called Nevertheless. So then I don't know. I this show didn't come out in like July or June and all this while I had I had avoided it. But then like last week, for some reason when I saw um well actually no, it was the confession scene between Soul and G And that's what made me decide to finally pick up and say, let me actually watch this show and see what's what's like happening. What is the ideal or purpose like of this show? Because I just see people only showing these clips, like what else is happening? (laughs) So I decided. So I go on Netflix. I was so happy once I found it was on Netflix because normally I either go on Vicky, which has like a million ads, because I don't have a subscription for that. Or I either have to go on these like um, not safe for work sites, I have all these pop-ups or whatever just to watch drama. So I was kind of excited that I was on Netflix and like my family has a Netflix account. So I was like, yes, win for me. <laughs> so anyways, I actually I'll be honest. I I've actually now I have watched the show technically like three or four times through because the first time I literally just spent my time flipping through every episode. All at the time it was like eight episodes out. And I had flipped through all eight just to see the Sol scenes. Um, and I did that not even understanding what else was happening in the story, but just even if you're just watching their story, you get a story within a story. Essentially like you don't have to honestly watch <laughs> the rest of the show where you can just cut their scenes and you would still have a really well written like show. So then I had gotten to um, one Soulji one my like, second playthrough. I had, On the second playthrough, I was kind of skipping a little bit and actually paying attention to some of the real story or main story. But on that second playthrough, I get to the scene. Um, was this like episode 6, I think, or episode 5 or whatever? Anyway, it was the episode where Gwon is mad at Soul for not telling her about that she was going to go on the exchange program and whatnot um and so remember like after they had this presentation in front of the class or whatever and i remember seeing the main character nabi um and i think that was like the first scene of her having her hair up from all the other episodes she always had this one look where her hair down bangs and then i remember she had her hair up and i was like oh my god that's Doc young from world of the married and i was like and then i was like no, that's not her. And then I was like, yes. So then I had looked it up to see who was playing that role, Nabi. And then it was her. Because on Netflix, it actually did mention that in the description of, of like, it did say World of the Married next to it of for her name. But to be honest, I watched World of the Married, but I actually never knew her name. I just know her as Da Kyung. <laughs> So then after I made that connection and realized that she was the one who played Da Kyung, then I kind of did get a little more intrigued and was like oh okay actually let me then go back again now and really try to pay attention to her part two for the sake of her because I enjoyed her in World of the Married <laughs> so anyways then I, like I said I went back around and the main story is tiresome like Jayon is a manipulative person like I, it's just it's just ridiculous really like the show would have been so much more interesting if the main story was Sol and Jiwon and Bitna and, um, Bitna and Gya- Gyo-hun, Gya-hun? don't know how you pronounce the guy's name, but their storylines I feel like are much more like entertaining and intriguing than Nabi and the whole Jaeon and, um, whatever the other guy's name is. I don't even keep it with their names, to be honest, because it's just so like, every time I see it, it gives me a headache seeing all their scenes because Nabi is not that interesting of a character to have all these guys like fighting for her like love and stuff when she literally does nothing but like sit there drawing and, like sits at home in the dark like <laughs> she really don't be doing anything <laughs> and they're just like obsessed with her so i just found it like a little like satirical almost like her whole story against like the side character stories but Soul the thing that i have to say about that is that like considering that all the shows that i've seen with lgbtq representation are like american shows and they don't really do a good job and considering how open america is as far as like gayness goes and being out in public like it's still a problem here yes but at the same time we're much more open than probably any other country in the world with gay expression and considering that i have not really seen a show here that did such a good job at writing um two gay characters versus this show it like says a lot seems like because I, I i hope i'm not like weird but i feel like because i go on tumblr and there's like this account that has the soldier on scenes and i feel like i keep like rewatching them, but it's, it's, i'm not like rewatching them in an like obsessive weird way like i'm rewatching the scenes because it's just like it's just so well written that i'm like so like stunned by it like like i don't know because like they did some good writing to show in the actors the, act- the actresses of um lee Jung and uh, Soa. So I don't know her last name, the Jiwon girl, but I feel like they did such a good job of putting life into their characters because they feel like realistic or real. Because there's some shows where you watch characters and you can easily separate reality from that they're acting. But with their characters, it like just feels legit, like they're just so good at acting. And considering that both of them, this is kind of like I feel like one of their bigger roles, essentially. So it just was like really impressive. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm waiting for this finale episode on Saturday. But I'm kind of sad, especially considering that I got into this show so late at the end of it. When it's like only one episode left, but but I I hope this opens up a future of more um representation, not just in K dramas, but just like in general. I hope like directors can see this show and learn to write better representation, especially of women love women characters. Because I feel like you always see so much representation of Men love men characters and stuff. And he's like, we well, don't get enough of WLW, really. But Soul B. One like is a special place in my heart. <laughs> but, but um, but yeah, I'm excited for the episode this week. So, anyways, I think that pretty much touches um all the topics that I want to discuss on this episode. Since this is just a comeback episode didn't want to make it like dramatically long. I feel like none of my episodes are long. The longest episode I have, I think was my first episode or the second episode which was like an hour long. But anyways, I don't want to keep you all here too long. Um, yeah, so I don't even know when I'll be back. So I'm not even going to (laughs) say anything, but anyways, uh, thank you for listening and see you next time. I'm not the one